Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. We were put here on this earth to serve. I mean, even if it's just one life, if you've changed one life for the better in some way, you've really made a difference. And we get so caught up in the macro that sometimes the micro, what's right next to us or the person right next to us or the the community right next to us is what we can serve. And so I'm one of those core believers, Jurgen, that it, we all have a purpose. And what's great about purpose, it's all about serving someone else or something else bigger than us. But also what I love about purpose is we all have one. And I believe that deep down in my soul. And that also our purpose changes depending on the seasons of our lives. And so that as long as we have a breath in our lungs is that we do have a purpose here on earth. And it's up to us to go find it and make sure that we're working in it in some way every single day. Welcome back. I hope your week has been awesome so far. If you haven't yet heard my recent conversations with Steve Hoffman of Founders Space and author of Make Elephants Fly, and with the queen of the sales success mindset, Christine Schlonsky, then do listen in, but only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Tommy Breedlove. Tommy's a featured keynote speaker, the best-selling author of Legendary, a business career and mindset coach. Tommy serves clients and audiences everywhere by empowering them to build and live legendary lives. He guides people to discover a life of significance while building a lasting legacy. The simple tools he shares shows them how to work in their zone of brilliance, obtain financial freedom, and live with meaning and balance. The goal being to help everybody to become the person they've always wanted to be, and more importantly, the person that they can be, they were destined to be. In our conversation today, Tommy talked to me about how to identify your purpose to serve. We talked about taking care of yourself first to lead others with courage, conviction and passion. And we talked about building positive habits in a sustainable way. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Tommy Breedlove. (music) 
Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast today, all the way from Atlanta, Georgia, in the USA, where it's nice and warm, he tells me, Tommy Breedlove, who is a business relationship and mindset coach. He's a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestselling author of the book Legendary. Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, Tommy. It's a real privilege to have you as my guest. Jürgen, the privilege is all mine, and uh, we're talking to each other from a long ways away, and Different times. You're in winter. I'm in summer, and I'm so excited to be here and humbled. Thank you, brother. Well, thanks for coming on the show, and uh, thanks too to Eric Rogel, who was our guest on episode 407. He introduced us and suggested that we have a conversation with you, Tommy. So, big hello to Eric. <laughs> Eric's a good friend, man. Let's shout out to big Eric down there in yeah. Fort Lauderdale, Florida. He's in a beautiful <laughs> part of the country, by the way. He's he's at the beach. I'm up here in the big city. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Well, I hope he's enjoying the beach. <laughs> now, um, you serve clients and audiences everywhere by empowering them to build legendary lives, hence the title of the book. And uh, it, it guides people to discover a life of significance while building a lasting legacy. So I'm really excited to explore that some more with you today. Um, but before we get on to that, uh, apparently when you're not speaking or serving clients, you enjoy traveling the world, hiking and spending time with your wife and your two dogs. So what, I've, <laughs> what I'd like to start with is what, what's one of your favorite places to travel to? Well, I just literally got back um, three days ago from an area of Mexico called Cabo San Lucas. And it is absolutely breathtaking and beautiful. It's where these giant desert mountains meet this beautiful ocean and it's where the pacific ocean and the sea of cortez come together and so it's in this beautiful west coast part of northern mexico on the baja peninsula the water's beautiful the people are absolutely spectacular the scenery is amazing and i'm not kidding i've traveled all over the world and for an eight-day vacation, I've never had that solid of food. I'm talking about freshness and taste. And for eight solid days, it didn't matter if you were going to the local dive bar or a four-star restaurant or everything in between. The food was fantastic. And I've been just burning it from both ends as well as my wife has for the past 15, 16 months. So to take eight, eight days away from email, eight days away from social and just get away and enjoy each other and enjoy life in the beach. So I'll, I'll say right now, number one is Cabo San Lucas because I just got back from it. First time I've ever been and I will be going back. So I hope that it's a long way for you guys, but maybe you can come see it one yeah. day as well. Well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> add it, we'll add it to the uh, bucket list to visit. It's, it's actually not such a long way for me because I have a my son lives in San Francisco so we um, once once we can travel again after the pandemic internationally we will be visiting him again of course and so from there it's not such a long way two-hour flight from San Fran yeah <laughs> wonderful it's well worth the two hours too my friend <laughs> <laughs> okay well let's let's talk about being legendary and uh, the book and your work so what what do you mean by being legendary that's what you know that's why i chose the title um it's it's an aspirational thing it's not something that if i said tommy breedlove is legendary jürgen you would laugh me off the podcast rightfully so but what I loved about the word is you don't necessarily have to be rich or famous 
but I also liked it's all about the impact you make on Earth, as well as it's given to us by society, our peers, our families, and the people around us who knew us best. And you can be a horrible legend or you can be a great <laughs> legend. And what I like about legends is it's not about money or fame. It's about the, the mark that you left on this world. And so the book Legendary is all about the aspiration of what does it look like to build and live a legendary life? So the book is very fast, very fun to read, but it takes people initially through what they want. Well, what do people want? They want more time. They want more money. They want more purpose in their life. They want a better network. And so those are the tangible things. And about halfway through the book, it takes a turn to what over the many years of doing this for a living, it gives people what they need. They want more interrelationships with their significant other, their kids, their family, their friends. They want to more courage and confidence and unconditional love for themselves. And truly, we all want to master that voice inside our head, that mindset that says, we're not good enough or, you know, all this negative stuff that's in our head. And ultimately, we want to live the good life. And it's a bunch of tips and tools and easy things to get behind and easy things to execute so that God willing, when you leave this beautiful planet, you will have made an impact on other people's lives and yourself that when it's your time, they're not going to read your resume. They're going to say that person truly made impact and built and lived a legendary life. So that's what the book's all about. Hmm. Yeah, it's a really um, deep dive into the human psyche in many ways, isn't it? It's, um, it is. What, one of the things that I think people overlook a lot, and you know, I have this from time to time, this feeling somebody says, you know, I do this because of you. You inspired me to do this. You know, For example, I, I know that there are people who podcast because they've listened to my podcast and they've been inspired by that. And that gives me a, a real warm feeling inside that gives me a buzz you know that sort of really stirs my emotions and i think wow i've had an impact on somebody else and and people underestimate that that's that's actually a core human need isn't it absolutely absolutely i think we were put here on this earth to serve um and i think every single i mean even if it's just one life if you've changed one life for the better in some way you've really made a difference and we get so caught up in the macro that sometimes the micro what's right next to us or the person right next to us or the the community right next to us is what we can serve and so i'm one of those core believers jurgen that it we all have a purpose and what's great about purpose it's all about serving someone else or something else bigger than us but also what I love about purpose is we all have one. And I believe that deep down in my soul and that also our purpose changes depending on the seasons of our lives. And so that as long as we have a breath in our lungs is that we do have a purpose here on earth and it's up to us to go find it and make sure that we're working in it in some way every single day. Hmm. Well, that brings up the question for me that, you know, how, how do we discover that purpose? How do we find that purpose? And, you know, you look at people that have a long corporate career and they, they follow the traditional path of um, taking on more and more responsibility, obviously getting paid more, being successful, and and all of that is, is fine. And then when they retire, they kind of lose their way or, you know, often people actually die once they retire. Right. They die at 65 because all of a sudden their purpose has disappeared. Or, for example... Um, 
we have kids and so our our primary purpose right then and there is to the well-being of those kids the raising of those kids they get to 18 20 whatever and leave home lead their independent lives all of a sudden that purpose no longer exists so you know that that's speaking to your the purpose changes with with our time in life and time um, how do we kind of be more purposeful if you like about discovering what is our purpose right now in this moment given that you know things are going to change the purposes that that are kind of by default almost imposed on us they will disappear at some point so i want to go backwards and then i'll definitely answer the question going forward so you, you made a great point that when people retire or they leave um, whether it's their job or their kids leave the house, et cetera, that they, they lose. And, and this data is out there. Like if you don't find something else to do, and it could be part-time, it could be philanthropic, it could be another career, it could be art, whatever it is. If you don't find something that lights you up, that feel that you feel is serving yourself and others, the data is pretty severe on your lifespan throughout the rest of your life. It's, it's quite, it's quite interesting. So I, I'm glad that you brought that up. And the second point, and this is an opinion. So, you know, people can throw darts because I get darts thrown at me all the time. If your kids are your purpose, you are failing. <laughs> your kids are your responsibility. Yeah. They are yours to love, to inspire, to lead, and they are yours to serve, but they are not your purpose. They are your responsibility. If you bring your children along on your purpose or help them find their purpose when it is appropriate, then that's good. So, so many, especially stay at home parents, when their kids leave, they feel lost because they've spent the first 18, 20 years all about them. Not only have they lost themselves, but they've lost something higher than themselves. So I have a really strong opinion on that, have being in this business so long and seeing that. So let me help help with either the parent whose kids have left and they're they're kind of feel alone and need to rediscover themselves or rediscover what's important to them, or that person who's just lacking person or the person who's left their career. So here's, in my humble opinion, three easy ways to discover it. It is the intersection of something that you absolutely love to do. So you have to love doing that particular thing. Let me give you an example. I was in financial consulting for 21 years. I am super good at buying and selling companies and making them profitable. I don't love it. So that's not part of my purpose. So I, I just don't love it. I'm really good at it. It's a zone of brilliance. But I love helping people to live their best lives and be happy and be confident and make as much success as their hearts desire. So I love doing that. Here's the second piece of the formula. And this is an important one. You have to be good at it. Hmm. And so cooking or being a chef is not going to be one of yours if the most things you've ever done is microwave some popcorn. You're not going, you're not good at it. So it's not part of your purpose. Now you can go get good at it. So it's the intersection of something that you love meets something that you're good at, i.e. your God-given talents. And here's the third and most important one is what is something that you believe the world needs? It could be someone, an organization, or another person, or a macro, like the whole world. What do you believe the world needs? And if that, if that really stumps you, the flip side of that is what really pisses you off? Hmm. What really angers you? 
because whatever angers you is your core value and something that you believe in, that you believe the world needs more justice in that, that is a great place to start. So it's the intersection of those three things. And there's a, you know, I've, there's so many courses out there. I've got a course on finding your purpose. There's a whole bunch of stuff down deeper into that. But at the, at the top level, it's something you love meets something you're really good at meets something you believe someone or something or the world actually needs. The intersection of those three things is your purpose during the season of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. And it's like when you discover that, when, when you're in that zone, it, it's kind of everything is just so effortless and, and time vanishes. You sort of, you know, you, you're almost, well, you're in flow to use the uh, term that, um, Mihaly, what's his surname? <laughs> it's uh, Chahiskahai. But flow is used yeah. in Taoist traditions and, yeah. and athletic traditions and Buddhist traditions. That's right. And yeah. Hindu tradition. it's, it's a universal word that, you know, it's the zone. You know, mm. you're, you're in the zone. Time stops. You love it. And you could do it without ever getting paid for it. And here's the beautiful thing. If you can find a way to get paid by doing your purpose, yeah. and I'm so blessed to have been able to do that for the past X amount of years. It, it just, it's just, you, you're excited about getting up each and every other day and going out there, not only serving yourself, let's, let's not take that off the table mm. because we've got to serve ourselves first, but it's about serving you and serving others so that the world is actually a little bit better than we found it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll come back to that self part in a moment. I just uh, make a comment. The, you know, believing, the world needs something is I like how you've turned that around because that's that's often where I get some inspiration from if something really annoys me and you know one of the things that really annoys me which is where I kind of got into this uh, make marketing more human again that really annoys me is when um, a company offers better deals to new customers and then ignores their existing customers when a company <laughs> Has really, and we spoke about. Well, I mentioned LinkedIn. We spoke to, spoke about an issue there um, before we started recording, and how difficult they are to deal with. Because when you get on their helpline, first of all, it's really hard to find their helpline. Secondly, then Indeed. you have the <laughs> chat, uh, the chat with them if you've navigated through that, and and people just give you the rules and regulations and don't pay any attention to your particular. Um, your particular situation so it's it's right no connection no service really to speak of and that always annoys me so that's how i kind of got this well you know people need to understand that marketing should be about building and cultivating relationships so let's make it human again um, so i like how you've turned that around because i guess the question of does the world really need this is Yes. A more difficult one, but if it says, well, it's really annoy it really annoys me every time. So surely it must annoy other people as well, because it's I'm not that unique in that sense. I don't think you're seeking affirmation from me, but let me tell you, <laughs> yeah. the world actually does need that. Yeah. Because let me tell you how my team has felt on the other side of that company, LinkedIn. They feel like they don't care. Hmm. They feel like they don't, not only are they not listening, they don't care. And we're asking for their help. We're asking, how do we navigate their system better? How do we serve their audience better? Because we were serving it very well at one time and then they changed some things and 
Now we don't want know how to navigate it. And we just wanted help. And what we got was a stone wall, very difficult to even find them. And when we found them, basically, well, well, your content stinks. And we're like, well, my content was getting seen by a whole lot of people just a few months ago. And now something's changed on your end. And now it's terrible, right? So something doesn't add up. And all we wanted was help. And mm. basically, we've got no caring, um, a really standard answer. And at the end of the day, people want to be seen, heard, valued, and loved. And we were talking about there's some competitors coming down the line that, you know, I, I wish the best for all the people at LinkedIn and Microsoft. But at the end of the day, clean your act up or somebody or something will come along to replace you. Yep, that's right. And I had an interesting conversation the other day about disruption. And I think they're, they're ripe for disruption. because they're, they're, <laughs> Indeed. A, a lot of those guys are. So, you know, they've gotten... Yeah. What we call here in the U.S. fat and happy. Well, that's yeah. a dangerous place to be. And, and lazy. Yeah, lazy is the third one, right? Um, that's right, my friend. Yeah. So coming back to the idea of self, I know you're very strong on taking care of yourself first. And, and I'd like to explore the self-awareness part of this because uh, looking at, um, you know, there's what, what do I love and what am I really good at is certainly a self-awareness bit. And you've turned the belief in what the world needs around to be a little bit of a self-awareness one this really annoys me so surely it's something that uh, can be improved for other people as well um, talk to us a little bit about focusing on self first and taking care of self as part of that whole picture of service to others i think i think honestly the western world has got it completely backwards Here's what we say. I'm going to give you what we say. Hmm. And then I'm going to give you what the data says reality is. And then I'm going to give you my very educated opinion on why I think both of those are incorrect. <laughs> um, we say our family is the most important thing. And then our business. And then us. That's what we say. Hmm. That's what we say, which is complete BS. What we, what we do is, especially people who are driven, it's business first. Hmm. Family second, us third. If we look at the reality of where we spend our time, what we spend our time doing, the reality is if you're not a stay-at-home parent, your business is probably number one in your life. If you truly look at it, your family second, you third. So that's that's the reality. And in my opinion, and I'm, I'm I, my whole inspiration in life is shifting both of those models and putting ourselves first. Because in order for us to lead the best way we can at work and at home, we have to lead ourselves first. In order to love the best we can at work and home, we have to love ourselves first. We have to serve our, we have to protect and defend this fort before we can protect and defend others. To use the, the well overused analogy from airlines mm. is we have to put mm. the mask on ourselves first before we put it on the person next to us. So what does that mean? It's not just about your physical body, which is very, very important. Obviously, your nutrition and your physical health, that's the fortress. You got to protect that. But I'm talking about you also need to spend a little time every day working on your mental muscles, your emotional muscles, and your spiritual muscles. And if it's important to you, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about something bigger than yourself. And so if you spend an hour a day on your physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional muscles, it's just like going to the gym, you get strong. You, and over a period of time, it comes a compounding effect. You become very strong. And so what does strength look like on the mental? And we know what it looks like on the muscle side. We know what it looks like on the nutrition side. We're fit. We're thin. 
We've got, you know, it's physically more attractive. However, what does it look like on the mental, emotional, and spiritual side? It looks like more peace of mind. It looks like more confidence. It looks like more courage. It looks like being able to say no more often, setting boundaries, finding happiness, finding peace, not gossiping, not judging, not getting caught up in what others think and say, and to live and breathe in your space, your truth, and your values. And ultimately, when you do that, and you spend a lot of time doing that, success in life, success in business, success in relationships, and success in happiness are the result of starting with you first. And I will go to my deathbed as that as one of my core beliefs. Hmm. Yeah, and I'd, I'd have to endorse that wholeheartedly. And, you know, it doesn't need to be selfishness. So selfishness looks different, right? But the, totally. I mean, it, it, it is that airline analogy is just so good because if we're, if we're unhealthy in any way, whether that's physical health, mental health, uh, emotional well-being, uh, spiritual well-being, then that is going to play out in other areas of our life, isn't it? So, it, and, and, if, as you say, if leading others, you've got to have it all together yourself. And, you know, we'll never have it all together. No, because we're um, human. Cer <laughs> certainly, yeah, certainly the two men on this podcast talking right now don't have it all together. And we're open and honest and authentic about it. But I do work every mm. single day to be at my best and to the, do the best that I can. And some days that's less than, some days that's more. Some days I'm off on my physical routines and mental routines. And the key is just to get back on it and to continue to execute. And it doesn't have to be for four hours a day. It can be for an hour a day or less or two hours a day or less. But the more time you spend focusing on you, the more efficient you'll be in work, the better you'll be at home, the more you'll love, the more you'll laugh and the more you'll matter. And so that's, that's really, that's really at the end of the day. I've seen it time and time again. And this is no longer anecdotal. I mean, look at all of the great people that we aspire to be, whether it's in business or athletics or art or music or just humans that we truly enjoy that are happy and healthy. I promise you they're doing that difficult lifting, for lack of a better word, on their heart, mind, spirit and, and physical muscles. Hmm. And, you know, we have this expression, I don't know it, 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 whether this is just Australian or whether it's an English language expression, we, if you say, you know, that person's got it all together, um, to talk about somebody you admire in some way, you say, oh, wow, that person's got it all together. Well, that, that kind of, to me, that speaks to all of those things. That speaks to all of those things. And that, that is definitely a universal saying that we use uh in the in the states and definitely over uh, you know across the pond as well with you guys but here's the truth is is the reality is they don't <laughs> yeah you know every everybody's got their demons everybody's got their fears everybody's got their insecurities everyone and for anyone who says well I, i'm not scared of anything and i have no insecurities and no worries and no concerns okay, they're lying <laughs> they, they wouldn't be human otherwise because right, that yeah. just comes with it and so the, and I think that's important for you guys like you and I to talk about and for people like us to talk about is I think when people are starting this journey of wanting to be more successful or more happy or more healthy or better in their relationships or better dads or wives or husbands is when they, I want them to know they're not alone in their insecurities, their fears, that voice inside our head that says, 
I'm not good enough or what if they figure out I don't know what I'm doing. Everybody's got that to some degree. But you, anything that was trained into you or anything that you was wired into you that you believe right now, you can unwire it with just a little bit of work over a long period of time to start believing other things and start looking more to love and abundance and happiness as opposed to not good enough, anger, judgment, fear, all that good stuff. So anything wired into you can be unwired. But the key is, is knowing they're not alone and that we all struggle to some degree with something. And so we're, we just need to work on it. Hmm. All right. Well, let's let's talk about the mindset part of it then, because I know, as you say, you know, we aspire to have it all together. And yet, you know, there, there's always stuff there. And so for me, for example, um, I might have a day where I think, oh, today I've got A, B and C on the plan. I'm going to work really hard. I'm going to be focused on that. And then I get distracted and go down a rabbit hole and A, B and C, none of it gets done. And then at the end of the day, I kind of look at it and I beat myself up and I, I, I lack discipline today and I, I kind of got distracted and this stuff I did all day long, it doesn't add any value to my business and, and I could have just taken the day off and spent time with family or spent time with you know on myself doing something I really enjoy and here I was just wasted the day. So how, how do we kind of get into the mindset of, okay, this happened, forget about it, move on, tomorrow A, B and C will be on the list and I'll, I'll um, do better. Well, that's, there's, a whole, there's a whole lot to unpack because <laughs> that was a very specific example. Um, the first thing I would say is there is nothing we can do about anything that happened one second ago, one hour ago, one day ago, yesterday or last week. The only thing we can do is learn from it and make a commitment to take one small action to do something different. Here's the hard thing about life right now. It's like all of life, especially in modern countries, you know, what we would call Western societies or more advanced societies is we live in one giant casino. It is bells and whistles and lights and distraction and dings and all of the things around us. Not only are they distracting, they're, they're, borderline, actually the science is out, they are addictive. Mm. Our phones are addictive. Social media is addictive. 24-hour news is addictive. Netflix is addictive. And so we've got email up. We've got social media up. We've got, and by the way, if you're doing anything but one thing at a time, it doesn't even matter if it's email. Say you're working on one thing and your email is up. Did you know because of just that alone, you are 40% less productive. And so we've got to realize that we have all this addictive things around us and it's us to up. If we've got to go lock our phones in a safe, we need to go lock our phones in a safe so that we get things done. So it's not text and messaging and email and social media. And then someone, you know, it's just constant. So we got to realize that distractions are just a part of our life and it's almost like we crave it. Mm. Try putting your phone down for six hours <laughs> and watch you start shaking like a heroin addict. It's legit. And so there's a couple of answers here is first of all, we need to make any good, we just need to make good habits and let's start simple. Don't start with saying, you know what? I'm going to learn Spanish today. Well, no, you just maybe need to learn two words of Spanish today. 
And so that's an analogy for, okay, let's say Jurgen or, or Tommy, we've looked at the end of the day and we're like, man, that was just a waste, just a total waste. Well, if you look at the reality of it, chances are we're being really hard on ourselves. Chances are something got done, or maybe we just needed to zone out for a day and take a mental break through whatever we were doing, or maybe something actually did happen. And so, A, first of all, we've got to start lightening up on ourselves. Life is too freaking difficult already with pain and misery and politics and social issues and death and sickness. Why do we need to make it harder by just having a quote off day? Yeah. So first of all, we need to lighten up on ourselves, maybe call a friend or go into a state of gratitude, meditate, go for a walk, get in nature, whatever it is you need to do. But we need to lighten up. There's nothing we can do to fix the past. But what is one small action that we can take tomorrow? Maybe it's not turning on our email so that we could be a little bit more productive tomorrow than we were today and make the commitment. Here's the hardest thing at all. If we can make a commitment to only doing one task at a time, you will be 40% more efficient than otherwise, which, by the way, means you could almost work half a day and be twice as yep. productive. So think about those statistics. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I love that you said, you know, we can't um, change the past. And often, you know, if, I, if I'm in that mode of um, regret or I, I'll sort of allow myself a moment or so to experience and feel that but then i tell myself well um you know i can't change that and it's the same with like for example the pandemic is is a classic one you know I, there's so many people that say oh the pandemic and you know the governments have made decisions to lock down places and uh, we have to do this and we have to do that and they complain i say well you know you can't change a lot of that stuff you can't influence that what you can change is your response to it so that's i always tell myself that in in that moment so well you know let's tackle what what i have control over indeed and that is that is that is wisdom beyond wisdom and i'm, I'm sure you've read this book and i'm sure it's been quoted on this podcast 600 times you know, Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, when you talk about the response to some of the worst things that's ever happened in human history and his response to it and his, you know, his from looking from a, a doctor's eye on how to respond to things is the truth is, and, and you just said it, that's very wise, Jurgen, and thank you for sharing that because the only truly thing in our control, you know, people, we like to think we're in control or we like to think that we control macro politics and governments and the neighbor next door and our wives and kids. You can't control any of that. And at the only, the only power you have is your thoughts, your actions, and your attitudes and your choices. That's the only power you have is your power of choice and you can choose to get upset or blame a politician or blame something you don't believe in or the other political party or heck you can even blame God. It doesn't, you know, you can blame whoever or whatever, but at the end of the day, your response to it, your attitude towards it. And, you know, you could ask yourself, why is this happening to me or why is this happening for me? And what are you going to do with your family or your neighbor or the person you touch that day or the person you talk to or the client that you serve or your work so that, that, that your sphere of influence, the things that you can, your attitude and actions and choices have control over? I think that's a very wise statement. And I think people don't 
remember that at the end of the day, there's always a choice. No matter what the situation is, you always have a choice. Hmm. Yes, and, and choices, choices certainly is something you have control over your own choices. That's wonderful. And I like how you said, um, you know, take one small step, pick one thing. Uh, I'm a big fan of James Clear's work and his book, The Atomic Habits, which, you know, his, his whole philosophy Brilliant. is just, you know, atomic. That's why atomic habits are. The atom is the smallest part of matter. Just one little thing. And if you consistently do one little thing every day, add one little thing to it and then all of a sudden you look back over a month or so and you think wow i've achieved an enormous amount of things because i've done 31 little things day by day each day and it's accumulated you know i love the the ancient saying that rome wasn't built in a day but it was built brick by brick yeah it was built brick by brick and then all of a sudden buildings did appear and i love james clear's work i quote him throughout legendary and i also like you know, to take it a step further, something Darren Hardy says is that, you know, these small daily actions, maybe it's your starting a gratitude practice, maybe it's your stop checking social media at night, or maybe it's that I'm going to read five pages. It's just some tiny action. I'm going to walk 400 yards or 100 yards, mm. start somewhere that these positive things, these positive actions, these positive habits, they pay compounding interest. Like if you invest a dollar a day, a dollar a next day, a dollar the next day, you know, it's not $365 at the end of the year. It's substantially yeah, more because yeah. it's compounded each and every day for the positive. And so I, I love all those analogies so much because they are oh so true. And if you don't mind me sharing this, Jurgen, because I think this is important when people feel stuck. Here's the easiest way to get unstuck the fastest is to eliminate that one negative action habit or thing in your life immediately. It is ridiculously hard to do, but if you want an instantaneous, I feel better, I sound better, I look better, I, I just am better, and you know immediately what's the one thing in your life that if you eliminated it, would 10x your life in a positive way? Is it social media? Is it drinking? Is it pornography? Is it negative self-talk? Is it eating too much? Is it watching 25 hours of Netflix? I don't know what it is, but you do and I do. And the reason you want to eliminate is by the way, where your biggest insecurity and fear lies. However, if you want an instant, instant, instant fast, I feel better, eliminate that one thing. Hmm. Here's the flip side of it. What we're talking about is adding the positive, adding the nutrition, adding the goodness, adding the wisdom into your life. That's the stuff of building muscles and getting in shape physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and adding those small, great goodness, nutrition, or whatever habits, that's building the long-term muscles. So getting rid of the negative is an instant, instant fix. But the hard work is starting to add the positive and staying consistent with it. So that, that's an analogy I like to use. Mm, yeah, that's a great one. And um, I'll come back to that in a moment. But the, the Rome wasn't built in a day. It was built brick by brick thing. I heard somebody else then say, but they did lay a brick every day. So you can't, you can't sit back and say, well, Rome wasn't built in a day, so I'm just going to wait until tomorrow. <laughs> oh, no. You've got to lay some bricks. That, that's a... That's a common mistake is anytime you say, well, I'll start on Monday, that no, start now. Yeah. 
The moment you like go start now. Okay, I'm going to start exercising on Monday. Nope. Go walk out the door and walk down to the end of the street and walk back. You started. Yeah, that's that's right. it. And you and you feel good about yourself. And that's an analogy that uh, I think that comes out of uh, some of James Clear's. Um, I'm not sure if it's in his book or if it's come out of his newsletter, but I, I was in a phase during the early days of the pandemic when we, uh, you know, I used, usually go out with a bunch of buddies bike riding every morning. And in the early days of the pandemic, we were not allowed to go out with others. So it, it became a solo thing. And then winter came along, it was dark in the morning, it was cold. And I thought, well, you know, there's nobody else to hold me accountable and it sort of it, the social part of it's missing. So I'll just turn over in bed and go back to sleep. And that became, that developed into a habit so that for several months I actually didn't go out bike riding. And then I felt bad about myself and I got into this beat, beat myself up. Oh, there's another day I didn't do it. And then, of course, when, when I did go out riding, the fitness had slipped and so it was much harder and it was less enjoyable. And what I took away from James Clear's work was don't focus on I've got to go out for my one hour bike ride or one and a half hour bike ride or 35 k's or, you know, which is the target that I set normally. It's the first thing was just get out of bed. And yes. that's success. And then the next thing, okay, the next thing is put on your bike clothes and that's success. And I found that if I just focused on that next step and did it, and and then, of course, the next thing was, well, get out on the bike. doesn't matter how far you go, just get out on the bike. And then, of course, once I was on the bike, the rest just happened. It was like muscle memory again. It's amazing. The moment you start lifting the weight or the mm. moment you open the page in the book and just read, you're there. Mm. But it, it's, it sounds so easy, but it's oh so difficult sometimes. And again, again the key is knowing you're not alone. But what is the one thing that you're going to do just to do, like you said, maybe it's just getting out of bed and putting on your bike, or maybe it's just laying out your bike clothes next to your bed. <laughs> you know, it could, I mean, it could be that simple. Yeah. So um, I, I, you know, one of my, I guess, pro tips, um, and I'm not always successful is, you know, I, I love to work and I love the mental, I love the inner game, the mental game, the emotional game, the spiritual game. I used to be in love with the physical game and the older I got, I've let that slip. So one of my pro tips is the moment I get up, even if I've got like big meetings set up, I'm putting on workout clothes and I will literally force myself in client meetings to wear workout clothes and tell them the reason I'm in workout clothes is because I haven't worked out yet, <laughs> but I put them on so that, you know, I'm closer to working out if I have them on. <laughs> yeah. True story. It. Yeah. It's a true story. I literally tell them that. Yeah. And I like the <laughs> and they love that authenticity, by the way. They love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It comes back to, yeah, we're all human. So we, we, whilst we might be working to have it all together, it's it's still not all together. It never will be. And then that, you know, here's the thing, Jurgen. If we were perfect and or immortal, <laughs> this life would be super boring. It would, yeah. Super bright. Right. We never have anything to look forward yeah, so to. Well, one of my core values is growth. So I figure, well, if there's, if, you know, I've got to have somewhere to grow to. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I couldn't imagine being like Superman or Wonder Woman. I mean, it, it just would be really boring. Yeah. <laughs> and they, even they've got kryptonite, right? <laughs> well, yeah, right, right. Does. <laughs> right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, this is fabulous. Uh, Tommy, I, I could go on talking ages. I was going to touch on, you know, the habits. I think I'll, I'll just make the comment. I like the, um, the idea of 
know, getting rid of a habit that you you that that's not serving you essentially. And I also like that you said, um, take the next step and take on something positive. And I think dropping a habit to me is is really hard, particularly if it's a Very if it's a kind of an addiction thing. And and you mentioned earlier that you know a lot of these things are addictions. Uh, I find that when I'm in that mode and I want to, okay, I want to stop doing this, if I replace it by another habit, that often makes it easier for me certainly to do. So I say, okay, here's the trigger that normally triggered me, I don't know, going and having an evening snack, for example. So instead of going and having that evening snack, when I feel that trigger, I'll go and brush my teeth for the evening. And because I've brushed my teeth for the evening, uh, I can't eat anymore before I go to bed. My teammate um, used to love dessert after every meal. And, you know, occasional dessert, it leads to a life of goodness because everybody likes little sweets every now and then, whatever that is. But when it becomes a, a problem to where you start feeling like you don't want to feel or looking like you don't want to look, which she, she did something very similar is she replaced it. She loves herbal teas. Mm. And so she replaced it with tea and she gets great enjoyment out of mm. that. And the trigger was, like, instead of me going for that dessert or that piece of cake or whatever, whatever her thing was, is I go for that tea. What I have found um, also is for me, I don't, I just don't, I need to stop working. And so I have found that going for a walk because mm. I love being in nature. I love listening to the birds. I love having a conversation with a friend. If I just walk out the door, I am, I've stopped. Yeah. And so that's something I've implemented in my life, even to the point some of my team members are putting go for a walk on my calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's for me, it's um, bike ride. I mean, I do go for a walk. I like hiking too, but uh, bike riding is certainly a passion of mine. So I like doing yeah. that and that, that puts me outside of the zone. And the other one for me is photography. Like most of my regular listeners uh, would know, I, you know, if I go outside and, and go and, to take some pictures and it, it could be as simple as we have these parrots that come and steal our, our almonds from our almond tree every um, January, usually sort of late December, January, February, they come in and there's all these different colorful birds and it's just wonderful. I mean, I get annoyed because there's no almonds left, but I kind of, at the same time, I think, isn't that wonderful that we have these beautiful birds that people often keep in cages as pets and we just have them, they come along and, and some of them are quite, uh, quite tame and friendly uh, to the point that they'll just sit there and they'll chat with you and let you photograph them and the tree is in the front garden and we have a balcony at the canopy height so i can just sit on that balcony with my camera and all the different lenses take photographs and if i do that i just forget everything else so just remember, Jürgen, most of us around this world have to pay to see the yep, birds. Exactly. <laughs> we, we either have to travel to somewhere or go to a zoo to see those birds. And the fact that you, I, I was like, that is the most incredible thing I've heard this week and the most Australian thing <laughs> I've heard this week. I have parrots eating my almonds. That's, that's right. So I figured, yeah, I figured. I'm... Whereas I have pigeons pooping <laughs> on my porch. That's, that's my problem yeah. here in the city. Yeah, well, I figure, like you say, other people have to pay for it. So, I, uh, you know, sacrificing the almonds is pretty cheap. Yes, and to see those beautiful mm. birds, and some of them will probably talk to you. <laughs> yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> uh, they, they certainly communicate. Yeah, yeah. indeed. <laughs> you wonder what they're That's saying. Right, yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, let's move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round. And it's designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So I've got five and these are the scripted questions. And hopefully you'll inspire the listener to go and do something awesome today with your answers. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> what do you think is the number one thing people need to do to be more innovative? I think they need to ask for help. Because um, whether it's in business, it's not innovating for your customer. Asking, asking the people within the business and or your customer, what do we need to do better or what are we missing? And us as human beings, if we want to be more innovative in our own lives, is asking people around us. We forget how important it is to ask for help. Um, and we're, we're scared to ask for help, especially as leaders in our organizations. I think the most innovative thing you can do for yourself is asking someone you trust or someone in your inner circle, what's my blind spot? What could I be doing better? What am I missing? What action am I taking to make people feel either better or worse? And in our business, our people and or our customers already have our innovation. We don't have to do yeah. it for them. All we have to do is ask. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. And, and I think you're right. It, it is a weakness, if you like, of, of people in leadership. And I know in the past, you know, I've, and I still find it difficult to ask for help, but I know that it, it helps me to ask for help. Everything. It helps mm. everyone. And it empowers people. It lets them know that you don't have all the answers and it shows authenticity. Mm. All right. Now, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? I so I have developed an incredible team around. I have this group called an inner circle and it's people I've learned to know, love and trust. Um, they don't want anything from me except success and happiness. And I don't want anything from them for success and happiness. And so what I do is bring to them a life problem, a business problem and or this is the direction I'm going in this year with my company or this particular revenue line item or whatever. And honestly, I let them beat the living whatever out of it and um and they're world class at doing it because they or they're just asking me questions and as they ask me questions ideas come and so both internally as a family we have our uh we we get together at least once or twice a year we write out what we want our lives to look like our businesses look like and our goals for the year and we start asking each other what are we missing or what do we need to do to make this happen as a family and as a crew we do that within my internal team. And then I'm not kidding. I take those two things to my external board of directors, my, which are very close friends of mine that we call the great eight. And I let them beat it up as well. So all three of those things help us be innovative and better. Mm, wonderful. So lots of uh, asking for help and uh, conversations with people you trust and being really open. And I guess, you know, one of the core things there that I'm hearing between the lines is, setting the ego aside and, and listening carefully to the inputs. The most powerful words that you can say sometimes is I don't know. Mm. I just don't know. And let me tell you what happened to me real quick. Can I do a real sure. quick side story? It's very fast. Um, at a very young age, I was thrown into a board meeting. I was a junior partner at a big financial firm. And I was thrown in this big, massive real estate board meeting with some really powerful people. And I knew who every one of them were. And I didn't know, they didn't know me from the man on the moon. And I was the guy that had to present to them. And the CEO, which is a very well-known person, asked me a very specific question. 
And I swear to you, and I didn't mean to do it because I was probably trying to fake it till I make it. But I finally just said, you know, I don't know. And I, I honestly wouldn't even know where to start to know. And he looked me right in the eye and he goes, that is the best answer I've heard today. And he looked around at all the rest of me and he goes, learn from that young man. You guys have sitting here BS me all day. And this young man finally said, I don't know. And I was like, thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Great story. <laughs> okay. Um, True yeah. story. <laughs> so do you have a favorite resource you use most often other than your inner circle and people you ask for help? Yeah, I have my books of wisdom. So every day um, I have a Taoist book I read. I have uh, the Daily Stoic that I read. I have a Christian philosophy book that I read. And I've always got one self-development book. And I, each one of them have passages. And I found that if you start really studying religion and philosophy and the ancients, there's a reason those philosophies and religions and the words, not, not what humans and religion have made them, but the words themselves, You'll see the universal truth. You'll see the universal personal accountability. You'll see the universal wisdom. And those resources for me have been a godsend. And I, I can see they just helped me really, really apply those particular philosophies in my life and help me to be more centered, more grounded, uh, more confident, but also more vulnerable and authentic. And so I've just found, and I've read it. I'm not kidding. I'm like year 10. And four of them have never gone away. I've probably read them 10 times because it's a daily passage from each one. And they have just served me in so many ways. It's, it's almost undescribable. Yeah, that's interesting. The, I, I often um, think, you know, I, I'm in sort of two minds about this whole idea of religion and, and, and what people make of it and how they then translate that into behaviors that to me often seem totally contrary to the philosophy or core tenets of, of that particular religion and and that's represented as we're religious because that's what we do and yet going back and studying the words as you say you know there, there's so much wisdom there and and it's not surprising i mean it's people who've put pen to paper and taken time to think about things and and express their thoughts that doesn't mean you have to agree with everything but there's certainly a lot of wisdom there and what I've noticed is, you know, you're reading four or five different traditions and you start seeing the universal messages in yeah. all of them. And it's a really beautiful thing once you discover That's that. That's right. There's, there's sort of clear patterns. Okay. Um, what's your sure. best way to keep a client on track? Oh, being <laughs> all right. I'll, I'll give you two examples. A, be prepared to fire them. <laughs> um, I'm seriously being able to say no. We're not going to because we teach clients how to treat us. Um, holding them accountable to the agreements you make, being very upfront with them about your expectations. Like I am very clear, you cancel with me within 48 hours. I really do love getting paid to walk my dog because I will, because I get all my money up front. I never go in a receivership a relationship with a client. I get all my money up front, but it is refundable. I don't, I don't bank my clients. So setting boundaries, saying no, being prepared to walk away, but also listening, two ears, one mm. mouth. To help keep them on track, you have to hear what they actually need. You have to hear their deepest, darkest desires. You have to hear their wants. And you've got to get behind the reason of why they want it. 
And sometimes what they want, desire is not what's in their best business or personal or leadership interest. So setting boundaries, saying no, putting expectations up front, um, making them honor their commitments. They will respect you a lot more if you're, quote, hard sometimes. And B, um, you know, the customer's always right is the worst thing that ever came out in business. That is not a value add. That is not what they need. People need leadership and they need guidance. But in order to do that, you have to listen to what they're saying and listen to what they're not saying and help them come up with the best solution for what they need. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Great tips. I could I could write ten books on that. That's why I had yeah, to yeah. pause. <laughs> so, I had to pause. That's I could great literally tips, write yeah, ten yeah. books on that. Well, we, we do a lot. We do a lot of work in um, upfront, kind of getting really clear about what your business is all about and what you, what your key attributes are and what your value and your your purpose. In some ways, it's a purpose exercise. Uh, but then the next step is identifying and really understanding the attributes of your dream client. So that's that's the um, knowledge that then allows you to make that early choice of, okay, I'm going to say no to this person because I think they're better served by somebody else. I don't think they're a, a match for me. And that I think that filter really serves both people in that sense really well. And then, of course, yeah. Anytime I've chosen money over my gut, anytime I've chosen money over gut, I've been 100% wrong. Yeah, it certainly comes back to bite you in that sense. Every time. All right, what's the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves? I think the number one thing is they've got to be them. And that is so hard to be in this world where we're trying to always be something that we're not. I think, um, and I'm not talking about being the person that emotionally vomits and all that good stuff. I'm talking about finding your zone of brilliance, your authenticity and your truth, because the most important you will, you have a tribe that believes exactly what you believe, who wants that. People, people don't want the shiny objects. They want the truth. They want authenticity. They want rawness. They want vulnerability, but they want leadership, confidence, and optimism mm -hmm. as well. So whatever that means to you to be confident, to be optimistic, to be authentic, and to be the real you, that is to me the intersection of success and um, trying to be something or someone else or the fake it till you make it, that, that is a horrible strategy. Yeah, it's, um, and also it's very draining. Yeah, yeah. it's exhausting. Yeah. The other people can mm. feel it. You know, I mean, they, uh, yeah. So I, I hope these are probably a little more unique answers than you normally get, but hopefully yeah, they're yeah. good answers. No, they're <laughs> wonderful answers. And, you know, discovering your true purpose, doing that work, building that confidence certainly um, allows you to, um, you know, be your true self and and serve others in doing that. You probably serve others much better in doing that than if you pretend or aspire to be like whoever. And confidence is easy. It's just about doing the reps. Yeah. So if you want to be confident in speaking, go out and speak. You want to be confident in playing music or consulting? Mm -hmm. Consult and screw it up and screw it up and screw it up again. And eventually you've done so many reps, all of a sudden you're confident in what your craft is. So confidence, whether it's confidence in life, it's about doing the reps, getting up and doing the routine. 
Confidence in your workouts, about getting up and doing the workout. Confidence in business is all about reps. Confidence is the easy one. Self-esteem is the hard one. Self-esteem is cultivated. Self-esteem is that daily work we're talking about and who you surround yourself with and what you input into your eyes and ears and heart. And the daily, it's the combination of all of those, quote, reps that build the self-esteem. So those are two very mm. different things. Yeah, I love it. That's a really good point. So much gold in this conversation today. <laughs> it takes a lot of screwing up. To get here. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Tommy. This has been wonderful. Now, where can people find out more, get a hold of your book, maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today? I would love that. I would love that more than you know. Um, the book is at all, I know it's all at your, down there in Australia and the US, UK, Europe. It's at your favorite local, local or online bookstore. So you choose. I, I don't want to say which <laughs> bookstores because the other ones don't yeah. like it. It did become a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. Hopefully we'll get to the New York Times. But if you want, the book is simple. It's actionable. It's fun. I think you'll really enjoy it. That's at your local bookstore. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to reach out to us, I mean, you can you can find me on Instagram at Tommy Breedlove. We're always putting great, great goodness and life hacks and money hacks and leadership stuff out there. Um, my website, TommyBreedlove.com. Please come and visit us. There's there's form there that they go directly to me or a member of my team and tell me thank you. Tell me I was full of it. Tell me you hated it. But I would love to hear from you regardless. And, um, you know, or you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, where I play is LinkedIn and Instagram. And so I'd love to see you guys there. Come follow our stuff. Come comment on it. Come visit us. Buy the book. Let me know if you love it, you hate it, or whatever in between. But we truly would love to hear from you. And the best way to do that is our website at TommyBreedLove.com. I gave my personal email out recently on the Zig Ziglar show, and I absolutely regretted that because it was for a, it was for a recipe that I use. <laughs> and I can't tell you how many emails I had for a recipe. I'm like, at least tell me that you like the show, but they just wanted this coffee okay. recipe. So, you know, if you want the coffee recipe, go to the website and we'll send you that as well. <laughs> oh, you should be able to automate that one. But yeah. All right. Yeah, we yeah, did. Yeah. We did over time. We did. Okay. We'll, we'll, um, we'll include all those links in the show notes. And I just want to add that the uh, book is also available in as an audio book form. And I'm, I'm a big fan of audio books i love listening to books as well yep electronic book audio book and if my southern u.s accent does not bother you i am the person <laughs> that's reading you the book yeah. <laughs> wonderful do you have some parting advice for our listener today tommy yeah i do um and it's advice that was bestowed on me by a river rafting guide and um i was going down one of the most dangerous rivers in the world and i'm not even joking on that that used to be a thing for me and uh, and I asked what happens if we fall into the river. And the first thing he said jokingly was follow the light. And I was like, oh, that's not good advice. That means you're drowning. Um, but uh, he goes, no, in all seriousness, you must participate in your own rescue. And I was like, that is genius. Mm -hmm. And that is such an analogy for life. There's no, and what he meant by that is if you fall into this class five plus rapid, You've got to turn over, put your feet up, put your head up, look for the rope. And if you can't get to the rope and or the boat, you must swim to your own mm -hmm. rescue. And I was like, what an amazing analogy for life. If whatever you want in your life, happiness, success, peace of mind, love, go find the nearest mirror, 
That is both the problem and the solution. And you must participate in your own rescue. You must do the reps, take away the negative and add small positive things for happiness, peace of mind, success, confidence, courage, love, the things that we all crave. Go out and do something different than you did yesterday. Don't wait for a magic pill. Don't wait for a quick fix. There is no knight on a shining horse coming to save you. Participate on your own rescue. Make do one thing different than you did yesterday, and I promise you in a year, you will truly love yourself a little bit more. What a wonderful way to wrap this up. Participate in your own rescue. It's uh, brilliant. All right. Well, who else should I get on this show and why, Tommy? Uh, I've got a couple of names that come to mind. Have you had Chris Tuff no, on yet? So Chris Tuff is probably the most positive um, and impactful human being I've ever met in my life. He also has become probably my best friend, so I'm biased. <laughs> but he wrote a best-selling book called The Millennial Whisper. He's a partner at a big advertising firm. But more than that, he his whole point in life is to inspire and connect. He is by far the most networked and connected human being I've ever met. I mean, he's got, you know, he's one degree from just about any human you could name. And so from inspiration to content, he would, he would be absolutely remarkable to have on your show. And the second person I would say from an innovation standpoint, an entrepreneurial standpoint is uh, one of the best entrepreneurs that I know, Kay Joyner. Both of those guys, by the way, when I was talking about my inner circle, and they'll can attest to this, are the guys who kick me in the face and beat me up and then love me and hold me accountable. And I do the same for them. Those are two guys that are in my inner circle. So I think they would be great guests for you on your Wonderful. show. Wonderful. You've already had Trey. Have you had Trey Taylor yet, by the no, way? No, I haven't. He's, he's just like number two. So those three, I'm going to say Trey Taylor as okay. well. Because Trey Taylor, he, he best-selling books, unbelievable entrepreneur, unbelievable investor, but also really, really active in helping I mean, he's going to be a huge name soon, so get him now before you have to pay to get him. So Trey Taylor, I'm going to add him to that. Wonderful. Well, we'll get introductions to Chris, Kay, and, and Trey. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll do it for wonderful. you. <laughs> and we'll bring them on the show as well. So this has been absolutely fabulous. Tommy, I've really enjoyed this. Thanks so much for sharing your time, your wisdom, your insights with us today. There's been so much gold in this episode, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with my audience. So. Thanks a lot, and I wish you all the best for the future, and let's stay in touch. Jürgen, what an honor, brother, and uh, hello, Australia, and I hope to see you guys sooner than later down there, and again, I'm so, so grateful to be here today. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that inspiring conversation with Tommy. That was full of gold and took something away from his episode. I love the final quote, participate in your own rescue. Not that any of us need rescuing, but the metaphor is wonderful to inspire us to be proactive in our own growth and our life. I'd love to know what you took away from Tommy's episode. Do leave a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Tommy Breedlove. That is T-O-M-M-Y-B-R-E-E-D-L-O-V-E. All lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Tommy Breedlove. You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Tommy, as well as links to his website, the book Legendary, 
his social media pages and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you like this episode, don't keep it to yourself. This this has to be shared with other people. So share it with at least two others that it might help. And if you tag me in on that share, I'll thank you with a special surprise gift. Tommy suggested we have a conversation with Chris Tuff, author of The Millennial Whisperer, with Trey Taylor, author of A CEO Does Three Things, with entrepreneur and investor Kay Joyner, and with Miha Matlevsky of Fail Coach on a future Innova Buzz podcast episode. That's actually four episodes. So Chris, Trey, Cade and Miha, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the Innova Buzz podcast, courtesy of Tommy Breedlove. And tune in again to the next episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast. We've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Patty Block from The Block Group and co-founder the self-discovery techniques and life mastery process, Susan James. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.